Hello and welcome back everybody to the latest episode of the Thigap podcast. Very happy to have you here. I'm sure you're glad to have us as well. My name is Bogus Noog. I'm the host of this podcast and it is my deep dishonor to welcome my co-host Being Brute. What is up Being Brute? What is going on with you? So Bogus, you know I wanted to uh I think I forgot what was going on, man. Oh shit! You can, you should never do that. You yeah. can never forget. Yeah, can't I afford. Know. In but today's you know, times, you can't. You know, it's a manufacturing defect. So what what were you trying to remember, bro? Uh, I was trying to remember, you know, the the thing that we spoke about, which was about uh, that thing. The the Twitter. Yeah, so which, which was, was what like at Thai Gap. At Thai Gap. Right? At Thai Gap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then and then remember Instagram, uh, Instagram. Hey. Uh, oh yeah, at underscore. At underscore thigh gap. Right. And uh, and there was uh, no, there's no way I would have remembered this. But then, you know, a Kabuliwala showed up at my house today, which is the weirdest thing. Oh, sweet. And then he said, Facebook page. Guess what he said? At thigh gap it is. Don't tell me at thigh gap it is. That's exactly oh, what he said. Oh, sweet Lord. The synchronicity that's happening in the realms of forgetfulness. Great things are happening for us, bro. I can feel it. I know. I know, Bogus. Unfortunately, I have to share it with you. But... You know, beggars can't be choosers, you know. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Absolutely. As they say, you roll with the blows. I completely agree. Stop going with the English. The stitching time saves nine. Yeah, stop it. Enough. The early bird gets the worm. No, 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 no. It's not about worms. You know, stop it, Bogus. It's enough. Derai durastai. Thigh gap. Subscribe. And share. And share. Brute. Yeah, Bogus. What's up? When we look around the world today, man, mm-hmm. what do we see? We see pestilence. Uh-huh. We see rioting. Uh-huh. We see civil unrest. Yes, yes. And there are swarms of locusts. Yes. And there's trouble with bats. Mm-hmm. The list goes on and on, and the 2020 seems to be a cherry on top. I completely agree, especially, you know, what I really pissed off about what the bats nowadays don't have good stroke first of all i don't know where to get the sweet spot mm-hmm. in a bat everything is a sweet spot in a bat nowadays yeah the chinese agree with that unfortunately okay which bats are you talking about does it matter yeah does it, does it even it. matter most of the things we speak about doesn't matter focus yeah right especially when you say it mm-hmm. it doesn't even matter at all I know. So, with all these problems in the world today, mm. and we just happen to have um, a podcast where we talk about things, all kinds of things, you know. Yes, yes. It would only seem appropriate for us to comment on, finally make a comment, come out, be brave. And go back 36,000 years in history. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just, re- in, you know, in Hyderabad, it terms Kalparsu ki baat hai. Yeah, it, it only seems fair, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's so much going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go back to the prehistoric times. Right. Because none of those people are alive, basically. And, so it uh, doesn't, nobody gets hurt. No one gets hurt and no one makes us hurt later. 
exactly which is the more important point which is very important it doesn't come back and bite us yes genghis khan cannot come and cancel thaiga podcast no chance i dare genghis khan yeah. i doubled dare genghis khan to come back and cancel this podcast yeah no matter what he's done in the past mm-hmm. no matter all the gro- global warming he has helped doesn't matter he can't he do shit he might he might be the world's the greatest uh what is the world's greatest uh, that conqueror, conqueror uh, and all that he might be the man responsible for every seventh asian mm. he might be the man who's responsible for you know contemporary indian latrines and all i yeah. don't give a shit who he is i dare it's a open challenge to genghis khan mm-hmm. the old one huh? the original genghis khan the not OG. the genghis khan which is there now not any other genghis yeah. khans that are alive today yeah the one who comes in the history books yes i challenge him mm-hmm. to come and cancel, know, us. cancel us ah uh, and that's the reason why we're going to go back in history yes 36000 years back with all the courage in the world today i some you know what i see bogus mm-hmm. right now what because it is history right and it's the most slept over subject in the history of mankind no joke you seem to be no. super excited no joke when brute says slept over I want you guys to imagine a thick underline in the, <laughs> under under those words and quotes and bold and italic e- everything yeah all those features which we learned in MS Word yeah put on to it mm. but still you seem to be getting super excited about it oh yeah it's a topic that I'm fascinated by and uh, even though you pretended like it's only me bro I know for a fact that even you're fascinated by this. What is with you since the last last episode that you are mm-hmm. revealing all these things about me bogus? You're not It's just the medium that of podcast. That is not what is there in the script. Read the bloody script. We have decided on this script. The script says commercial break right now. But Think, you tell me, do we have do we, we even have a sponsor? We are waiting for one. I mean just imagine what we could do. See, I almost if want we had sponsors. Oh sweet you We would have Can put stickers imagine? all over our body. Exactly. Just like how they put stickers on bats. The kind of bits, the kind of say ad oh. pitches that we would come up during the podcast. Oh my sweet, top class. Yeah, to all the uh, businesses out there, you if you think podcast has no potential or there's no money in this. Come on. Joe That's Rogan, let me just tell you one name. And we got more hair than that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it we don't even have to combine like one like individually just also my leg yeah. <laughs> just his leg from knee below that's it enough enough for three jorogans to yeah. have a hair on his head yeah what are you guys thinking yeah it's sponsor us two words guys out there who want to sponsor your business mm. right two words mm. thai gap yes exactly ash te You want to you want to get uh, get in touch with us. You want to figure out how exactly we could maximize your portfolio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see how they just roll off my yeah. tongue like that because that's what me and Brute do day in day out, son. We maximize yeah. our portfolios. Yeah. You know, modern yeah, yeah. problems require modern solutions. Yeah, yeah. And we got them. Yeah. Yeah. You write to us at mindthygap at gmail dot com. That's the email address. We have an email address, Brute. By the way, just to that, yeah, we finally figured out how to create an email ID we that hiked. suits, yeah, our requirements exactly. Which is like I don't know what our requirements are, mm-hmm. but guys, yeah, there is another avenue: money and validation. 
as simple as that and yes. ego massage yeah yeah we can't yep. be more professional than this we got like a professional email id yeah mind that, thy gap at what what do you keep saying mind thy gap at what at gmail at yahoo.com at gmail yeah at gmail.com yeah. guys mind thy gap at gmail.com for yeah. all the businesses who want to collaborate associate or actually invest whichever business inquiries or um any of our friends <laughs> who want to invest as well yes yes you know, donations um, um words of appreciation funding bouquets brickbats whatever you call it clothes food red bulls yeah anything any way you can help us mm. and we'll return the favor by continuing the podcast every thursday wow new episode what a gesture come on we are giving people yeah what are we giving people exactly and we are humility exactly yeah exactly. but let's go back 36000 years ago 36000 years back mm. what happened 36000 years back the real question is what happened before 36000 years back <coughs> we have no clue zip zilch nada there is such a huge gap in our collective history brood that it's a joke almost at this point it's a joke on all of us yeah yeah we had a lot of conversations about this by mm-hmm. the way right we speculated what might have happened yeah and so i want to ask you yeah one big question go ahead one big question like like the biggest you can ever imagine sure what do you think happened bogus wow well, obviously bro we have no fucking clue yeah but we but have it's a speculation theories. yeah we have yeah. theories yeah. you have more theories than me no actually what we have is i basically have jokes for those theories mm-hmm. <laughs> what we have for this episode is we are going to discuss uh, a subject that we find very interesting but what we picked up from the works of uh, one man called Graham Hancock um for followers of Joe Rogan's podcast for example he's quite is one of the most popular guests uh that he's had on there along with Randall Carlson um so Graham Hancock is actually an investigative journalist who wrote a couple of books uh the first one being fingerprints of the gods and the second one being magicians of the gods So Brut and I have read both books. So it's a, it's really interesting I think what what gripped me was to actually think that we are not the smartest generation oh, not at all. of people or whatever. Yeah. We are compared to what they had back then we are kind of like cockroaches actually. <laughs> I think we are the we we were the remedial class students. Yeah. Where uh, we basically have zero understanding of what's happening in the class. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't argue with that. So what Graham Hancock tries to cover uh, in these two books uh, is he's trying to find a connection between the ancient civilizations that were uh, whatever we know of them at least. Right. And mainly also the oral histories, the surviving oral histories hmm. because those go way back um you know much older they they're much older than the written documented uh histories in comparison yeah 
and so this Or, where do we find the oldest surviving oral histories on earth we find them with uh, in the, the mind no 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 okay we find them with uh, the native americans and the australian aborigines australian aborigines yeah. oh yeah 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 i always forget that aborigines name yeah yeah i always think of uh, i always think that australian I, aborigines were the tribe or the tribal yeah the native australians native australians yeah. right i always think of them as a maori uh, maorians or something the i think there's a link because maori is in new zealand it's yeah. right next to right next to them. Yeah. so it, that strikes me more than aborigines yeah 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 Aborigines sound like a bunch of people who have some abdominal problem. <laughs> I mean, it is like gangrenes or <laughs> like, like I don't know. Don't you think so like I always felt like aborigines or guys they got their name as mm-hmm. aborigines because they had they all died with some abdominal like constipation or something. Like they all got wiped out because of some abdominal issue. Great. I'm I'm sure this is going to great go great with our Australian listeners as you well know that we <laughs> yes, do have uh, we apologize some guys for how your ancestors had constipation and stool issues. Yeah, but I don't know what the reason for that name was but definitely it was not an honorary title because it was given by, you know, the white people who moved there. Oh. Basically. Yeah. So not really sure what When you say white you're basically talking about Europeans. It was the Britishers. So Britishers is not even Americans no. because today white is all Americans. Oh, because no. of what's happening out there. The Europeans uh, because uh, you know right Australia was a prison uh, basically they sent all the prisoners there. Yeah, yeah, it's like a what do you call dump yard for criminals. Yeah, basically. Like how we had Andaman Nicobar. Mm. India had Andaman Nicobar. But it was not for us, it was for the British. it was a dump yard yeah so british has always found this piece of lands in the middle of oceans right to like dump people oh uh, these heartless people yeah heartless but <laughs> very creative like <laughs> i am very curious to know the end of that sentence heartless but the cold practicality you got to give it to those guys yeah the reasons again bogus mm-hmm. dwells into the blood and gore of human mentality and appreciates it every time you appreciate such traits mm-hmm. right bogus i'm very scared i'm very scared life. as well you know the things that i saw but you were telling me about you know 36000 years back basically you know the the aborigines and the native americans yeah right they have a story to tell which we don't mm-hmm. listen to they are the only ones with surviving oral stories oral right. histories because they don't have a written language so it was very important in their tradition to pass on these stories yeah uh and pass them on you know very specifically like not massaging over the details you know just very specific very details very detailed very detailed like facts yeah. like this is what happened doesn't matter if you can comprehend the storyline yeah, or not yeah because the storyline could be someone came from above yeah in a ship yeah they landed in front of us mm. and they told us this is how you grow plants and all that stuff so for some descendant of in that tribe right. like today it could be like you're crazy yeah somebody was on some good stuff yeah back e- in the day what were you eating yeah. or what were you smoking yeah. that's, that's what i want to know 
or like the great ravi shastri says mm-hmm. what did he have for breakfast mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so irrespective of the times going by yeah irrespective of the fantastical nature of the stories still these myths are preserved because they understand the importance of is their only preserving record they don't have right. any other documentation right so that is one reference that people who studied this uh, or who wanted to study this ancient history right broken link they started approaching these people to understand more about their knowledge right also And, i just want to like interject because i can so according to sanatan dharma right even the the vedas mm-hmm. which kind of was were passed on for a decent amount of time they were actually passed on orally yeah we only have the recorded or the documented version of vedas for about like 6000 years or 3000 years back or or in and around that time 6 7000 years back if i'm not wrong the documented stuff okay i'm going to plead ignorance here because one aspect of this confuses me which is they say that the first or the oldest known hmm. um the oldest known source or the oldest known use of rigveda or existence vedas of, yeah hmm. the oldest known existence of the rigveda because that was the oldest one yeah. right, is it goes back to 36000 years right now i don't know if they are referring to the oral version of it or is the, the oral version. version is the oral version is the oral version okay so the documented version because um I've read this that the documented version was only after the the Mahabharata and all. Okay. For the longest time mm. it was all verbal. And there were multiple reasons for that. Mm. One of the thing was so Vedas were actually um irrespective of caste and creed mm-hmm. it was a common knowledge. Mm-hmm. So any gurukul any house mm-hmm. right it was a common practice of reciting vedas mm. so it never lost its sheen per se you know what i mean in the sense like because it was told regularly it's like good morning for us right like no matter how many years pass mm. good morning will always hold like hold its value mm. so same way imagine like i mean there were this was a time where the distractions were less you know it was a more closely knit uh, society or what however you put it mm-hmm. but uh, so that's how vedas came and it's only post the yuga uh, the treta dwapar dwapar yuga mm. after the dwapar yuga is when it start getting documented mm. i mean in our in, in the calendar of sanatan dharma yeah what i heard is they started documenting it when they realized okay this stuff is all degrading now yeah it's like okay People things are, are the shit hits the ceiling yeah. i think we got to p- spoon feed the shit now <laughs> yeah everything is degrading everything is uh, the quality is dropping yeah. it's no more the same right uh, we got to write it down and the commonality is you know even when you were talking about the aborigines or uh, the native americans right they were also oral yeah so i think they still globally oral tradition yeah globally there seems to be a certain pattern mm. about the importance of the oral communication mm-hmm. you know well i think with in the case of vedas it's slightly different because it it we could digress into a completely different no but let's now. not complicate it right let's yeah skills there's also a lot of intangibles and subtleties that you can communicate through your voice um that you can't capture in writing 
um you can't for your life hope to write something so perfectly that yeah. someone who reads it later will take the exact tone the exact right. intonation yeah. will pause at the exact same time you yeah. want them to pause yeah, yeah. it's not going to happen yeah but if you store it orally there's a lot less room for miscom misinterpretation misinterpretation yeah, yeah. because you're adding so much more information by your intonation and your tone of your correct, voice correct correct and the pitch of your voice and right. all that stuff this suddenly became a episode of linguistic like the communication channel but well i thought it was suddenly becoming an episode on sound which is definitely yeah. something we're going to do yeah yeah in in future uh, it's very then i can tell my theory in yeah. that episode yeah it's a fucking brilliant theory i'm a genius but for this one coming back to the oral tradition of the uh, native tribes of america and australia very surprisingly one fact that came out was these two groups of people actually happen to share the same dna so the science was also like fulfilled or the questions of science were fulfilled that they might be having the same story told in two different versions that's the possible yeah. that, that's the postulation that comes out what what comes out postulation <laughs> hypothesis okay that comes out uh that these two these stories were probably coming from a point where these two groups of people were the same one group of people right with the same ancestors because right now when we look at it when we look at the landmass hmm. there's no way you can see a connection between people in uh, the american landmass and the people in the australian yeah. landmass but barring that small ocean which is there in the middle exactly that yeah. technicality yeah uh but there was a time when the landmass were closer together and not just were they closer together but there was a time when the entire landmass as we know it today was significantly different because the one common thing that matches because these people were who were studying this right they right. were trying to see what is common between these people's oral traditions which go back so much in the past compared to the recorded histories of old civilizations like say Greece India etc etc mesopotamian mesopotamian yeah. civilization like what is common what comes out or the incas and the mayas as well right mayan yeah mayan so what comes out is the flood yeah the common occurrence common. the co- yeah the most uh, reiterated incident yeah seems again again common in all these stories yeah exactly yeah and it seems to come up everywhere in every myth in every uh, legend which is there was a great flood you know and this is not just some flood that we even can comprehend the scale of yeah this is the flood of floods you know it is the flood yeah. to end everything right basically this this is not a flood as much as it's a reset button yeah you know and all of them make mention of the same flood and long story short tldr <laughs> for the benefit of our listeners. Yeah. What is coming out in geological evidence observed across the uh, earth and also this mythological evidence is that hey this flood actually fucking happened. Yeah. You know and it is really as bad as this say. Yeah, was. yeah. It was the time when Ravi Shastri finally said okay it was not that they they had a normal breakfast and this shit is real. Like they were not onto something. Yeah. this shit actually happened yeah yeah exactly 
and and all those people who told this shit died <laughs> like <laughs> in the in the flood yeah and there's some very weird things that happened around But this part i have a question yeah before we go any further how long back was this flood i was going to get to that oh okay so that was the next thing i was so we related this part so there's some very weird things around this flood just to paint a picture um this flood is supposed to have happened around 11500 years ago okay okay yeah now keep that number in mind 11500 11650 500 420 you can say that okay. who as if we can be that exact <laughs> yeah. at this point yeah. of time you know as precision is our like forte uh, for all we care this whole episode might be actually far away from the actual facts yeah it could be so 11500 years back is where we observed the first this flood yeah right why did this flood occur now going by geological evidence uh which the official channels debate they contest but then the official channels contest a lot of other things as well about like egyptian history etc so we'll get to that in a bit but this geological study shows that 11500 years ago the whole american landmass the north american landmass was ice it was buried in not just layers not just sheets but wall it was like a thick wall of ice the whole thing mm-hmm. and there might have been a comet impact in either one spot or the comet after it crossed into the atmosphere it could have broken up into one bigger chunk and two smaller chunks something like that and the smaller ones could have landed in the ocean one probably could have landed in the indian ocean uh but the theory is that one big chunk landed on that landmass the american landmass okay full of ice that caused the heat and you know when a comet hits the earth it is the temperatures and the impact it is so intense and it is so high that you have something called nano diamonds which form, form. Yeah, yeah which form and they only form in those scenarios in extremely high pressures extremely high pressures and mostly almost always they are extraterrestrial in nature yeah so it's not something that can form naturally or not like not like i mean a, they form i mean it is a natural cause but no, it's extra, not a common occurrence no 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 extraterrestrial in the sense it had to be something from outside you know it's not like a volcano erupts and there's super hot lava and there's okay. nano diamonds forming got it got it, it only forms with that impact with that kind of this thing which usually is extraterrestrial in nature so they have found these nano diamonds all over the place basically in america right right and also they find them in africa and so many other places but how what is the worth of these nano diamonds before your digress let me come back <laughs> okay <laughs> okay yeah, i got excited i know no these are the nano what is the word this is so you scrape it up together make one big gram of diamond right and what be the cost of that yeah <laughs> and so when this giant piece of ice melted right all that new water could have likely caused the great flood right and also extreme destabilization 
in right. temperatures because of the comet impact now what was the impact of this flood well the impact of this flood was that indonesia as we know it today which is what looks like a strip of islands right popping up actually was a landmass bigger than australia if you look at australia today the whole landmass of australia is the biggest island guys you just uh make it bigger by a scale of 1 or 2 and you have that whole landmass which used to be called gondwana land mm-hmm. almost the entire landmass sunk leaving only the strip of land that we call indonesia today right and there was also uh japan got sunk portion of japan around the coastline was lost the indian subcontinent uh, around the triangular uh, section which has water on all sides uh, on on one side we lost a chunk of land along that entire coastline right and of course we know dwarka was right there yes yes yeah and, and uh, many other cities sri lanka was actually very clearly connected to the indian subcontinent or the landmass yeah uh, wherever we see that ram setu now yeah uh, basically there was a very clear, connected land well connected piece of land it yeah. was still a strip yeah but it was connected there was no separation between sri lanka and right. india uh, at that point of time and, and also there is there is this uh, theory mm-hmm. that the the eastern coast of india mm-hmm. actually the land spread connected till indonesia yeah there there is a talk of that as well and that is how some people explain how the indian influence spread from you know tamil nadu yeah that section the chola uh, empire right it spread on to indonesia, indonesia. and um, you see the architectural similarities thailand and yeah. all these lands you know it, it's because under the water also i don't remember exactly where but some people had are uh, they did dives right under that and they found monoliths they found like old structures like religious structures under the water temples basically temples and were, shrines yeah shrines probably yeah yeah so it's a the other thing that happened when this great flood happened yeah was it is the one single date in our record in science where we have seen the maximum extinction in the snap of a finger caused across the globe oh yeah yeah and it's actually not directly because of the flood it's indirectly because of it so what happened around 11500 years ago is that there was this huge flood right and there was a lot of um, basically fire you know there were firestorms mm-hmm. uh, this place turned into a hot mess right you know and life was hard people were wiped out and then after about a thousand years right it turned to sudden freezing hmm. like it's almost it almost like it's almost like hell freezed over in a day yeah because they found remains of elephants in siberia hmm. so for just in case anyone is not aware in during this time russia was connected to the us landmass yeah through siberia and from siberia there was a there was a strait of land called bering strait mm-hmm. which was more prominently connected and that's how they believe actually people migrated over to 
the American landmass and then became the Native American tribe. Okay. But they actually came in from that Bering Strait okay. into this because of the climatic change. Climatic or, changes and yeah. they had to survive and all that stuff. But at that point of time, Siberia was lush, green. Uh, there were saber-toothed tigers. There were uh, mammoths, woolly mammoths. Yeah. Uh, living. Uh, the in, whole Ice Age movie cast was available. Yeah. yeah basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> and in much larger numbers. It's such an irony, right? We yeah. were we were a smaller population mm. without condoms in the market. Yeah. And we are having a population explosion problem with condoms in the market. Yeah. <laughs> like, how big an irony is that? The irony is only applying to India and China. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So where was I? Yeah. So, and this freezing over, right? right? What we don't seem to get and what is also tough to process is that it happened so quickly right. that they found remains of elephants in Siberia, hmm. in the ice, whose bodies were not decomposed. Hmm. Forget not being decomposed. The food that that elephant had eaten. It still didn't get digested. It was not digested yet yeah. in the stomach. Imagine how quickly you have to get frozen to death that you freeze in place, your body not decomposing, your food also not decomposing in your... So how how quickly did it happen? Yeah. Because from here, thinking about it... If you're asking me, I don't know the answer because you kept repeating it. Rhetorical, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Because thinking about it, right? Especially that elephant remains thing. Hmm. It must have happened like an instant. Like while the elephant was eating yeah. and it was like, oh, it looked back at yeah. ice. You know, just imagine the fuck. Uh, so it must have been some crazy like snowstorm or I don't know, mm. which like just like and that's it. Everything that like it might have like eaten up everything yeah. that was on its way and fro- or rather like when I say eaten up, it might have frozen everything that was on its way yeah we use the word heat wave right during yeah, the summer yeah, summer, yeah. like a frost wave imagine. but my question is like why only the mammoths survived what happened to the greenery was the greenery also available around or was it just the mammoth cool. so what they did find uh in that same siberian uh, uh landmass is an insane number of skulls insane number of uh bones Mm-hmm. You know, huge bones of these animals. Hmm. There are photos where they took these bones away from that place and they filled an entire hall with the with the bones. Yeah. And all you can see is just bones, bones, and bones. And these right. are massive bones. And if you look at the number of animals that went extinct, hmm. it was around 600,000 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Species. 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 Number of species huge. of yeah. animals yeah. that went extinct at the drop of a hat. Yeah. You know, so this double whammy of Comet and then extreme heat, then followed by this extreme frost. Yeah, that's a triple whammy, by the way. Triple whammy is what could be the cause of this wipeout in our collective history. Right. So Graham Hancock himself uses a beautiful term to describe it. He calls it, he calls us human beings uh, a species with amnesia. Right. Right. So what, what that means is we've all collectively just forgotten where we really came from. And that's the reason why we have no clue, we have no answers about what's going on. There's a major chunk of our history that 
we have zero understanding even perception wise even um, understanding wise you know it's not there for example just this sentence that i'm going to say put mm. so much in perspective for me which is you know the great pyramid of giza right right so the great pyramid of giza in the history in history the timeline of history in is the contemporary history that we know or is it just like contemporary history yeah. okay the great pyramid of giza is closer to cleopatra hmm. in the historical timeline hmm. than it is to the sphinx what i'm just wondering if i said that wrong yeah wait no oh no 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 the great pyramid of giza uh. and cleopatra for example uh. are closer to us uh. in the historical timeline uh. than they were to the sphinx yeah now it makes sense now it makes sense right that means sphinx was that old much fucking older than yeah sphinx. i know one story about the sphinx right uh, correct me if i'm wrong mm-hmm. so apparently uh even before the pyramids were there or something like that right one of this egyptian prince or king or whosoever or, or a traveler i don't know who he was he was roaming around in a desert uh and he was super tired mm. and he sees this big rock mm-hmm. and this shade mm-hmm. and he takes a nap in the shade right and then he gets a dream where this sphinx kind of person or whatever mm-hmm. comes and says that hey you know wherever you're taking this wherever you're taking rest i i am existing here so i want you to like dig me out or whatever right and then he goes on the other side of the of the rock and he sees his face this deformed face and there is sand up till the neck or the face of that particular rock mm-hmm. and then once he goes back to the kingdom or whatever and then comes back and he kind of digs out the whole bloody thing mm-hmm. and he sees that this is the sphinx that we see today mm-hmm. was there and uh, he commemorated it with a stone saying that this was there even before yeah, i a, didn't build it or whatever he was a pharaoh he was a pharaoh pharaoh yeah. is a king right yeah pharaoh is yeah king. so is that true like is that i don't know if it's that, true but it is a story that goes around huh. and uh, graham ancock even mentions that in his uh, uh, video presentations so j- uh, just to give him a proper plug right yeah. uh, to the people listening if this subject any of the subject really interests you yeah guys um there are two books called pyramids of the gods and magicians of the gods um but there are also one hour long presentations like slide presentations that graham ancock has made on youtube you can watching those presentations is as good as reading the book if but not a, better no i think it's a gist of it is a yeah, gist yeah it's a very but what brief i like gist. what i like is you can actually see the photos that he's clicked you know you can see the pictures i mean you get a perspective of what he's talking about much better perspective yeah. than you know like an audio podcast that we're doing true so we apologize i what i did in my personal case was i watched the youtube videos because i found it better because there were pictures involved and i could get a sense of what they were talking about hmm. from these ancient um monoliths and all that right. surviving um places but then also because of all the work that he did you know i just right. wanted to send some kaching his way so i bought the yeah. books so but definitely the books have more information in them uh that he doesn't cover in the slide presentations but that would be a great place to start if you want to fi- find out more in detail um this is like an elaborate parcel 
yeah, section episode than just an hour long um, comedy podcast for example <laughs> <laughs> where the comedy might be coming in bits and pieces yeah quote sanjay manjurekar yeah as But, it flows yeah. it's unnatural to just keep laughing yeah yeah we might look like manyak yeah or like keep the, laughing or like one of those uh, mumbai laughter clubs that they just go oh, to see, a park oh sir yeah yeah <laughs> don't bring out old scars but i have a question bogus yeah. which is related to the theory of the comets mm-hmm. if there were comets that stuck the earth mm-hmm. where the fuck are those pieces like you said that there might as they entered the atmosphere right now the big comet might have broken into couple of pieces or two three pieces mm-hmm. one might have landed in indian ocean or one might have landed in like one landed on north america So when you look at this theory again mm. my question is like where are these pieces of comets did they also melt did i mean because it's an extraterrestrial body mm. you must see some kind of an evidence if it is gone into the sea mm. then you are bound to like you know at least you have some form of preservation that happens underwater if it is a rock I understand if it is a living thing you maybe it gets decomposed or eaten away or whatever mm. but if it is a rock from the extraterrestrial mm. where is that rock so one thing is we don't know i mean when i say, when i say we don't <laughs> the know the easiest answer for any question is uh no we don't know about the comet know. itself but people are slowly getting into looking into this seriously and i mean because till now it has been a fringe thing Right. and anyone who suggested this were immediately shunned by the official by manjunath <laughs> all the manjunaths you know all the yeah. official people of egyptian history or whatever uh, official bureaucratic bodies they were always shunned they were always rejected hmm. so it's only now that they it's becoming uh what do you call it unavoidable because it's staring at you in the face you know so You, while you may not be able to find comets themselves what you could find are depressions in the landmass because if there was such an impact you know it's natural that there, there will is, be yeah some, some change mark, on the topography yeah some mark or some, so they the kind of terminology we are using this episode is crazy insane right yeah what is what was the word that you used in the beginning postulation po- oh, sweet lord <laughs> how cool must we must be sounding i know but right? yeah <laughs> so topography I mean I think people can just imagine us being like born villains like yeah, sitting like in like a like palace big wafer or glasses sipping on some wine you know yeah. with a stroking a cat in our lap yeah. or something yeah uh but with rings in our fingers which is kind of close to the reality <laughs> <right>? <laughs> only that we may not we may not have that whole setup yeah, yeah. our cats and stuff yeah we have dogs howling in the background but but Themselves. Let's let's give it like a picture just to give a rough imagination. Right. The Sphinx is apparently I already said that like Cleopatra and uh, pyramids. Yeah, but to give like a rough figure, mm-hmm. the Sphinx is approximately around like what 40,000 years old or or around that could be. And the what reason, they say is around it's 40,000 years old. Wh- the reason why they say that is is because they got a geologist to study the surface pattern on the sphinx and the surface of the sphinx like uh, the outer structure is smoothened out when it was not really built that way right it smoothened out because of a sustained period of rainfall 
on top of the sphinx right and because the rainfall the rainfall had to be sustained it couldn't be like a flash you have a lot of rain because then it would have been a different kind of surface erosion what happened on swift uh sphinx. swift swift what happened to swift <laughs> was the tire got punctured yeah. and the tuning in the engine kind of lost its uh, factory setting yeah which caused in you know reducing the mileage of the car but that's a very cute story mm-hmm. can you now tell talk about sphinx what happened in the case of the sphinx was that studying looking at the erosion structure that we can see right now we know for a fact that it had to have rained constantly for over a period of time for that uh, for the sphinx to have eroded in the way it has for it to have smoothened out right. in the way it has and that period of time happens to be years where of constant rainfall yeah and the hypothesis is that there was constant rainfall after this upset that happened with the either the solar flare right. or the uh, comet impact right. whatever caused that great flood but that is which that is what got things rolling uh in terms of extreme rainfall uh in sphinx the course of the river nile itself changing uh it is not where the nile doesn't flow where it used to flow yeah uh back then so back then the nile used to touch the sphinx as it flowed and it used to touch the pyramids, pyramids. as it flowed because yeah. the pyramids underneath the pyramids right it is limestone the bedrock right. is limestone right and limestone is an aqueous rock when you say aqueous rock i don't say you said it no what i mean i'm yeah. just <laughs> explaining so when you say aqueous rock what you mean is it is water soluble or not soluble but no porous. yeah so it absorbs water. it absorbs water yeah so this is quite important actually because the porous structure of limestone when there is high tide and there is low tide right water goes up through the rock and water goes down through the rock so this constant up and down it causes some energy to be built up okay and that energy could actually be channeled for some purpose what that purpose is we're not sure but th- there is one fact also about the pyramids that when as a fact we'll take it with a pinch of salt but when you look at the insides of a pyramid right nothing um makes sense in the sense that nothing makes sense when you go by the official description of that what the purpose was that there was a tomb yeah that there was a king's chamber there was a queen's chamber there's yeah. a grand gallery yeah but none of it makes sense it was not statue of liberty guys yeah I mean, like that's it was not a tourist attraction it, yeah and also i think another thing that you missed to mention is how it is aligned what it is aligned to true north and a constellation and that's all i got orion belt oh yeah yeah that's all true. all all the three pyramids mm-hmm. are exactly under the orion belt yeah like if you are at the foothill uh, footsteps of any of the pyramid and you look up you will see that the orion belt orion belt is the one where the three stars are there where the in third a, star in a straight is line. in a straight line and the third star is a little away little off little off they are right on top of the pyramids yeah so the alignment of pyramids on the earth was set to purposely 
exactly match the alignment of the stars in the Orion's belt. And this alignment, this question of alignment also is a very interesting one because this is not the only place that this happens. Right. The Temple of Angkor Wat in Cambodia is also aligned to a constellation. Right. Um, the pyramid, uh, the Sphinx is aligned to the Leo constellation. Right. And the Angkor Wat is aligned to a constellation called Draco, uh, which is a dragon. The pyramid inside, um, when you look at it, and going by some what some experts have also said, which is that it doesn't seem to have any, its purpose seemed to be very functional in nature. It was supposed to do some work. And when they looked at the inside of the pyramid, the walls, yeah, they said they were charred almost, like as if there was extreme heat generated within like the pyramid. Like a furnace. Yeah. And the other thing that not many people may know of is that underneath the giant, uh, sorry, underneath the Great Pyramid of Giza, yeah, is actually a smaller pyramid that was um, possibly much, much older than the pyramids itself. So that is one common thread across all these old sites like Angkor Wat or the pyramids, which is the sites are of are what uh, you know is of main importance. The geographical coordinates of these sites where they're located, and people uh, over time have been building and rebuilding and renovating structures on the same location, basically. Yeah. So before there was a great pyramid over there in that spot, there was an there older... There was a greater pyramid. <laughs> there was an older, smaller, greater pyramid <laughs> just under that. Yeah. So I was talking about the limestone, right? So this theory goes that when the tide rises and lows, uh, goes down, and the water goes up and down the uh, limestone yeah. in the bedrock, it creates some ionization, which is that energy which is... Uh, generated underneath the pyramid which can then be channeled up yeah the pyramid for what purpose not really sure let's get to that so the outer surface of the pyramid itself was supposed to be made of very sh- shiny um surface material you know like a a marble su- kind like almost like it would reflect hmm. you know light right that would fall on it right so they used to even say that Pyramids could be seen afar from afar because they had a certain glow around them. Hmm. And the theory around this glow is it could be because of the ionization right. that it's causing that halo effect right. or that glow. Right. Now, how they used to use this energy, here, here is where it gets a little mumbo-jumbo territory for me. You know, like voodoo, heebie-jeebie, which you, we can't explain, but we can theorize. Okay. Like, almost like a conspiracy, which is... The energy was channeled and the pyramid is pointing upwards, right? It is... Yeah, obviously. You know, they have a tip. Converges to a tip right. at the top. It's called vertex or something. Yeah. Um, so, the theory is that that energy was channeled, captured and channeled through the pyramid to pierce the atmosphere. Hmm. Basically, with the ionization, hmm. what happens is you can pierce the atmosphere and that allows you to send something through with much more ease, like communication. Or maybe in their times it could be astral projection because they were a lot into that as well. They believed that their ancestors used to live in far off stars. You know, uh, there are star systems called, like popular ones like the Pleiades, 
and there are other star systems that uh, Egyptians also held very with a lot of respect right you know like our ancestors when we die like this whole indiana jones thing yeah like when we die the great ancestors of our time they go and become a star in that right. system or something like that right so they were very heavily heavy into astronomy for that reason yeah and they believed that they were sending messages through the pyramids to them or like what? either communication or astrally projecting themselves to hmm. have a word with someone far away you know so let me put it in a nutshell what you're saying is that these pyramids were built as an instrument mm-hmm. of communication extraterrestrial communication and they're not just something that they just like built i don't know it's an interesting theory to mull about because obviously we don't have facts of that kind but what i see is one they were a lot into this communicating exploration with, of the exploration of the mind not just the body like right. astrally projecting right it is said that the pharaohs used to get guidance on governance and all that stuff right direction how to take things from a far off place correct you know and the king's tomb or whatever tomb they find in the king's chamber in the great uh, pyramid yeah is not actually a tomb it is said to be a chamber in which the person lied down huh. and it was aligned in such a way huh. that the person lied down so that it would be best from that position to either astrally project or whatever hmm. this again there is another connection to this which is the pyramids uh, at giza are not the only pyramids on earth right what is shocking to us today is we are finding pyramid structures everywhere almost in every continent almost in every continent and we have no clue why there's so many pyramids around. and and they're huge pyramids they're not like yeah. they're bigger than the mount uh, the pyramid of giza yeah and it's tough to explain because they're not exactly the same composition as well the egyptian pyramid is very smooth all sides you know it is a typical pyramid yeah but then you have pyramids in uh, the inca or the mayan empires right which are step pyramids right you know with steps on them yeah yeah and then you have uh, mount kailash which is supposed to be said to be a pyramid structure of its which, own which yeah which is contemplated to be or there are there are school of thoughts which yeah. they say that it's a man made pyramid man made pyramid or but the fact is kailash always also has some weird properties I mean, I've had the good fortune of actually being physically present there at Kailash and looking at the mountain. Yeah. I can definitely say from my experience that it is a weird place. You know, and I mean is it a good weird or a bad weird? It is a fascinating weird. There's nothing bad about. Okay. You know, whatever I'm saying. But the fascinating aspect of it is how Kailash looks different from so many angles. Hmm. you know right a little distance away from our boot camp hmm. was a, an old 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 uh, buddhist monastery hmm. you know and uh, basically we had to go down from our base camp and really climb up to the monastery right if you have ever been to a monastery you know how steep their steps are yeah, like, i've never been you've never been oh yeah. i don't know i've, wh- I've been in hmm. the sense like i've been in sikkim okay but not like even northern than right sikkim. right right So usually with monasteries for self defense is what i heard mm-hmm. deliberately the monasteries are at a higher altitude than yeah. ground level and also the steps are not they are never convenient they're never comfortable 
it is always at a very steep incline right and it is said to act as a detractor for invading forces mm-hmm. gives the people inside some time to escape right whatever right so this one was also the same hmm. when we went into the monastery and we found that actually the guy i forgot his name unfortunately i forgot his name but the guy uh, an indian buddhist monk mm-hmm. who introduced the concept of buddhism to tibet okay he took it there from india so for the tibetans that guy is like oji you know you brought buddhism to us yeah so this guy he took it there hold on what is oji original gangster <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> brute you showed your age with that <laughs> but there was a spot in that monastery right huh. which is actually a cave so they built the monastery around this mouth of a cave hmm. and in that cave you can barely even stand up okay. like we could just crawl inside as soon as you crawl inside to the to your right there's a bench okay so you just have to crawl inside and sit huh. there is no place to stand huh. and when you sit and you look to your right huh. you see on the rock there is a statue of this guy what they built a statue of the guy where he used to sit and meditate uh-huh. in the cave uh-huh. they built exactly a life size statue of the guy when you look ahead from his perspective right what he was looking at uh-huh. from that cave mouth all you can see is kailash whoa so this guy used to sit there in that cave facing kailash and he used to meditate in that spot and they built a monastery around this very old monastery and manasarovar you know is another weird weird place where it is all kinds of things are said to happen over there mm-hmm. uh, i mean if anyone has watched videos on manasarovar you kind of get an idea of what i'm talking about which is long sto- varied history of uh, stories of people orally transmitted again mm-hmm. of seeing special beings other worldly creatures coming into the water lake leaving on their own accord you know and what goes on under the water no one knows but it is a natural lake very calm very serene beautiful you know birds land uh eaten up by crocodiles no there's nothing <laughs> of that sort like you you look at that place and you think wow this is a slice of heaven right and a little away from manasarovar is another lake which is said to be its counterpart and mm-hmm. it's called rakshastal mhm rakshastal is a body of water where it is the opposite of manasarovar you don't find signs of life you don't find anything it's just a body of water nothing survives in that you know and it's very um what connects manasarovar and rakshastal is kailash so near this huge mountain which is said to be shiva's abode right you have one lake which is serene calm full of life and you have other lake which is dead death many of these old architectural places that you see right many of this ancient ancient places of significance they always seem to want to have a body of water just nearby and there are different theories around that as well one is if the building that you're using Hmm. is meant to channel energy hmm. if that is its purpose then you need a balancing uh part as well so the water is said to be absorbent in nature right? right right so the reason why they choose to have a body of water around is so that they could be energy absorption as well excess or whatever it's like any factory right yeah so a lot of 
old places do have this like pyramids had nile flowing yeah. right by yeah and uh, kailash has water even the kailash temple in elora caves you know even the caves that go underneath that temple there is some water water bodies there. yeah yeah there are water bodies so one theory is that it is used for energy absorption now that is only required if the structure itself is channeling energy now what do i mean by channeling energy we all know that the earth is a giant magnet right and we all know that electromagnetism is a force of its own right so there are currents of electromagnetism that go through the earth but they go through these fault lines which are called ley lines okay lei mhm and these lines can actually be tracked like where do they go exactly so ev- almost every country not almost every country but few countries have these ley lines going through them mm-hmm. for example in scotland along the ley lines you will find the oldest of churches mm-hmm. and you'll find some oldest rock formations and along ley lines but here, all these are man made structures these are man made structures they're not natural these are yeah yeah so along these ley lines in india as well you have some old temples yeah. for example the jyotirling temples are along this i think so lines. i'm not yeah. sure but i what i do know for a fact that kedarnath hmm. in the north is near one of these points the ley lines mm-hmm. goes right underneath that so why would you build a structure atop it's a dumb question to ask it's very obvious right yeah i mean like you have i'm assuming this ley lines are high potent yeah. electromagnetic yeah, lines yeah yeah right? oh yeah yeah so you're harvesting them you're harvesting right as simple as simple. same thing like you have gold mm-hmm. found in a mountain mm-hmm. it's like asking why is there a mine built right beside that mountain because they're digging the gold right right now what i want to go back to is how we were talking about the existence of multiple pyramid structures yeah found across the earth so we have egypt we have and egypt the location of the giza pyramid yeah if you look at the geographical uh, map of earth flat, what other map do we have no if you look at the flat map i mean yeah okay you know not the not globe. the globe okay if you look at the flat map giza is located at the exact center yeah of the earth yeah that is the point imagine someone choosing that to build the great pyramid of giza my question is like what kind of a birds i view he must be having right to like identify How? the bloody center point of such a big planet yeah so we have in egypt we have pyramids uh, the incas and the mayans had step pyramids um mexico has a lot of pyramids mexico has uh, pyramid structures in indonesia there is a pyramid structure called gunung padang which is in, hidden inside of a hill and if uh indonesians have to get to that pyramid they have to basically excavate this hill called gunung padang which was always regarded by the local people as being a holy site mm-hmm. when you look at it it's just a mound yeah of land it's just a hill right there's no reason why it's supposed to be holy but through history people have always regarded that location as being something special okay that is the another connecting point now in china very recently they've uh, re- uh, discovered manmade pyramid structures hmm but work has not proceeded on that uh, of course 
because china is busy dude china is very busy yeah, a lot of its hands you cut know. a flag for them yeah you know japan is mine russia is mine yeah. china, you know. so many things yeah. like i have to take care uh, of how many countries are actually yeah. mine there's tsunami coming once in a while but all of these pyramids right imagine if i'm just trying to find a pattern here okay which is if the purpose was to generate energy and channel it in some way what would be the purpose of having similar points spread across the earth that do the same thing now if all of these similar all of these pyramid structures are basically following the same purpose which is generating harness uh, harvesting energy and channeling it in some way is there a way in which all of these also are connected between each other like you know i have a router in my room yeah you are in the next room it's like a lan connection because of the router you're getting the internet i'm getting the internet right this router in itself connects to another yeah uh, uh what do they call it port port or a switch, switch. or something yeah that switch in turn connects to a hub the hub which all the way it goes up to the satellite yeah right ultimately through satellite and through underwater cables right we are getting our internet what if these pyramids are also connected underwater no what if these pyramids were also connected to each other in some way and that was also the purpose of and they're all switched off right now right now but what if you what about a time when they were on you know yeah again are you asking me a question all rhetorical and uh, if 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 you ask me a question mm-hmm. i mean there's an absolutely fair chance that that is a possibility yeah and because okay you say you keep saying and finish your point the thing about this is in these old cultures like egypt or india or greece whenever you start exploring a scientific aspect or something mm-hmm. the fantastical or the spiritual is not very far behind it's almost like they're all linked you know these cultures have approached those subjects as if everything is interlinked um so what you're saying is the ancient civilization has successfully connected the whole concept of spirituality with tangible science is I, that the case is I that think, what it is that what it is no i think what they've done is they've basically looked at it as something beyond scientific pursuit you know science is yes it is a tool for us to measure yeah, so but I mean, there is something beyond and you know after when science ends something else actually is beginning no i agree yeah so what i was trying to do is uh trying to find these patterns that are similar and trying to see trying to find a connection you know so one of this is like you said uh like you were saying just now the connections and the patterns one of this was we find pyramids all over right right and this ancient places for some reason they got to have a body of water nearby is that for just for absorption of energy to find the right counterbalance because they say the structure the way it juts out of the ground yeah supposed to represent male energy and then the the body of water is supposed to represent the female energy and if you look it's at the it yin clo- and yang if you look at it closely right even mm-hmm. the linga the shiva linga yeah, yeah. has a similar yeah. like i mean the linga is the male organ like, yeah I, i'm saying like 
the concept right of uh you know energy source and a harvesting source or whatever right 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 it's pretty similar to even the pyramids if you look at it like you know bigger from a much higher perspective yeah and you know what should happen mm. we should have iron man mm-hmm. ask like jarvis mm-hmm. like how he have you seen iron man uh, like all of them yes so you know how he figures out that new element oh he figures he, out so many things in like 5 minutes no but but yeah but you you know that thing where he like remove the shrubs yeah. all that and enhance enhance and right. then there's the new element mm-hmm. we need that kind of a thing mapping mm-hmm. and imagine you take the whole globe identify all these bloody pyramids right and then remove the cities remove the this thing everything and then we should see what exactly is left mm. maybe then we will know how the hell it, all these things are like connected you know what i mean yeah i know what like if mean. if somebody can figure that out yeah because so, you have satellites mm-hmm. you have decent amount of simulation technology you have ai now and you know all you do is like program i don't know i think i'm i'm stretching it too far no you're jumping but, because uh what you're doing right now is you're jumping to another pattern that comes in the list of patterns that we are observing today which is there is a pattern of authority and how it's involving itself whenever it comes to excavation of these oh, places oh oh which is another common pattern sensitive nerve you are touching yeah which is inexplicable that because there are old sites all over the place um wherever there was this ancient history uh so be it india be it um south america be it um turkey or rather gobekli tepe uh, gobekli tepe is you know armenians argue that it's actually their land uh-huh. that turkey took that's another angle but you know it doesn't matter it doesn't seem to matter where this um old ancient site is located basically doesn't matter the culture of the people does not matter who's in rule whether they are democratic whether they are conservative does not seem to matter at all when it comes to seeking government support of excavating further studying further learning further at every turn in every country the doors seem to close it's almost like they're self protecting themselves and almost instantly without explanation without any reasonable justification the doors they always have been closing all over the world for this why it's a very confounding question why would you maybe i mean we, we can not, take a guess it's not that confounding. my guess is very simple yeah you maybe have a simple guess maybe we are not ready maybe we don't have the aptitude to understand how that harnessed energy is supposed to be used well when you say not ready thing. it reminds me of padmanabha swami temple and that door that yeah, is the last closed, door the last the, the final door yeah with the snake uh, yeah yeah oh the snake God. lock yeah the snake lock yeah which yeah, i mean like there's so many things right like which is so weird that they say the door was clearly sealed from the inside the door that we see yeah in uh the snake lock door there is no way that door was sealed from the outside it was sealed from the inside and from the inside there is no other way to go but the sea there is a link from that temple to underwater yeah 
and the legends say that the kalki avatar is supposed to enter the temple from underwater uh-huh. a scary road yeah because the kalki avatar is freaking scary very yeah. scary i mean the fact that this person single handedly wipes out i mean one job description yeah that's kill it. everybody that's it like john kill wick is nobody yeah that's my wild guess like if you ask me a wild guess that maybe there is a reason why we are having amnesia mm-hmm. right uh, i mean if you go into the spiritual line it's a similar story right like we don't remember our previous lives for a reason there are connections there as well correct yeah so maybe fractality yeah on a bigger scale there mm-hmm. is a reason why we need that amnesia so that we don't i don't know maybe we don't go to the other extreme no it's possible like great power comes with great responsibility yeah. and obviously we are a supremely responsible bunch of people yeah. right so nature has its own way of distributing what is needed rather than what is available so when you use the words you're not ready right the perfect picture was that serpent door oh yeah nothing says you're not ready get the fuck away from this place than that door yeah Oh uh, sweet lord yeah that's that's really scary and it was also said to be sealed by some kind of a chant or a mantra or a mantra yeah you know and it said that you can only reopen it uh, or the ideal way of reopening it would be only with that mantra it's like that whole pirates of the caribbean thing where they unleash calypso yeah with that whisper of right whatever you have to say it in a way which brings me i mean i don't know i'm getting excited mm-hmm. but i think we should do an episode of what sound plays oh yeah yeah what we'll role does sound play we'll definitely do that in the whole concept of universe yeah. and how different you know different uh, what do you call spiritual ideologies mm-hmm. what is their take on sound right right so coming back to the connections yeah so one connection was that pyramids all over right we don't know why even the base of our temples you could argue that if you continue to build them up they were in a pyramidal or they continue rather in a pyramidal shape you know yep. if you count yep. from the base now the simple point i i feel is mm-hmm. right all of these things have a vertex on top yeah you know made be a dome made be like you know a pr- typical pyramid structure yeah made be like a isosceles triangle type of structure whatever it is yeah. they seem to be having a dome it's as if to like channelize yeah it to the top yeah 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 and especially hearing the uh, limestone bedrock of the pyramids and the cycle of tides and what that yeah. does it also reminded me a lot of capillary action you know like uh, you remember that which is you take a long string of cotton and, and dip the, the other, water yeah, you, yeah, yeah if yeah. you dip the other end in the water doesn't matter how doesn't matter how long the cotton is yeah it ultimately reaches the top it's the same thing with the deepam right yeah yeah you the just dip wick. yeah you just yeah. dip the tip to the oil and you just leave it you don't have to dip the whole thing into oil exactly you don't have to dunk it in yeah yeah so that is one connection the sprouting of pyramids all over the other connection is the close proximity of water bodies for some reason the other connection is authoritative response globally to any unanimously there is unanimous resistance. discouragement yeah. of looking into this more and more does that mean that these guys know something i don't know you know it's weird and 
the other connection is of that 11500 years and as we all know as everyone knows the most anticipated section of our podcast with the end of the topical part of the episode we now move on to the parcel section all right brood what do you have for us today in the uh, for the parcel see bogus as you know i'm a guy of precision and mm-hmm. relatability i don't know that at all but go ahead yeah so considering what we have just spoken my parcel for this episode mm-hmm. is a movie called the man from earth intense the man from earth is very intense movie i'll as opposed a... to the rest of the men yes because it's a very interesting story mm-hmm. of the movie uh it's like a sci-fi kind of a movie mm-hmm. where basically there's this guy called John a uh, very unlike american name mm-hmm. who's the protagonist who's the lead of the story right and uh, he is just packing up the movie starts like he's packing up his belongings mm-hmm. to move to another town or city and all his colleagues he's a professor in a college right okay. so all his colleagues kind of give him a surprise farewell party okay so the whole movie is about that evening right as to what happens in that evening in the surprise party right uh long story short just to give you a gist or synopsis uh basically what these guys are doing is they get into conversation mm-hmm. and then slowly over a period of time this guy called john mm-hmm. reveals to his guests that you know he's a very peculiar person mm-hmm. because he was born a gazillion years back right Okay. like he was born like 10000 years back or 11000 so he was What? one of those guys mm-hmm. who never ages and he has this condition where his body keeps regenerating it's like a wolverine kind of a scene so he's been alive for a very long time now. very long time mm-hmm. and he's seen the history of mankind okay right so he covers everything mm-hmm. now the f- where the con- the movie gets interesting is among his guests mm-hmm. there are people coming from different specializations one guy is an archaeologist one guy is a psychologist got it one person is an anthropologist who's like a devout religious person christian and all right so everybody keeps attacking him like basically everybody raises a question like oh if you're if you're so old can mm-hmm. you tell me that what happened in so and so time mm-hmm. uh you know in egypt or something like that right and this guy gives all the sensible answers saying that this is what happened this is what happened blah 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 okay uh just to give you a little spoiler to give to explain the intensity of the mm-hmm. movie right okay so these guys also start asking him questions from the religious standpoint okay basically they were like okay fine so where did god come into the picture uh-huh. right the conversation takes that turn mm-hmm. and he says you know it's basically a lot of nonsense is nothing of this sort that actually happened and this person who's supremely supremely religious right she kind of gets very offended and she's like no no jesus did exist this that and then he reveals that you know what i was jesus right uh, ruined that's it that's yep. the movie ruined i mean can you have a bigger spoiler than that bro how could you be so reckless it's Just not reckless dropping. i'm giving you the intensity i'm not going to Just tell. dropping the fact that John was Jesus. I am not bogus for a guy who explains mm-hmm. the in between the lines of dialogues <laughs> in his parcel section. Right. I don't think you have any right to say this, okay? Let's be honest. I don't give spoilers though, like not 
This yeah, you, you don't call it spoilers, but you tell the whole bloody script of the movie. No, I don't. No. Which even the director might not know that he has put in so much of effort in the script. But basically, I'm not going to tell what was the justification of this guy, oh, okay. which is the interesting part. Got it. Got because it. this is very simple, right? It's out there. Like, oh, yeah. I'm Jesus. That's it. Yeah. But then why does he, how did he become Jesus is the interesting part. Oh, okay. So basically, that's how it goes on. And... Uh, it's a very, very interesting take on, you know, the history of mankind, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it is all put through this one person who has his medical condition where he doesn't age or die. Right. And uh, and and by the way, they cover all these questions. Were you never hit by a bullet or a train or you didn't? I mean, you're telling me that for 10,000 years, you never met with an accident, which is like fatal. I mean, what are the chances? What are the odds type and all that? Mm-hmm. So you guys have to check it out. The Man from Earth, it was made in 2007. Um, I don't know the cast or director or anybody, but it's a very interesting movie. Everybody should check it out. Nice. nice. Have you seen it, Bogus? No, I haven't. I seen think it. you should go back and see this movie. It's a very interesting movie. Okay. I'm surprised you didn't see it. There's so many movies to watch. You know, for a guy who's so jobless, I think you should have covered at least some of them. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good one, bro. The Man from Earth. The Man from Earth. People, watch it. Nonsense.